Good morning, my fellow Mr. Ganders. Good morning, my fellow Americans. In live today, sorry for the early morning live, but this is a time-sensitive um, live that we have to do right now because the legislators are going to meet today about this. So I got this email late last night, uh, so I want to bring it to all your attention. So this is a call to action this morning. You have to do it this morning, all right? So please, if you can, you need to call and email these three senators and tell them to include religious protections to the Elliot Larson Civil Rights Act. Okay, so let me give you the lowdown with this. Tuesday's pending legislation before the Michigan legislature will impede religious protections that safeguard faith-based organizations' freedoms to operate in keeping with their faith. Proposed legislation amends the Elliott Larson Act to include non-discrimination with regard to sexual orientation and gender identity and does not include a religious exemption. See how they're slowly trying to take away that freedom without you knowing it? That's why this is so time sensitive and that's why you have to act this morning, not this afternoon, not this uh, tomorrow. You have to do it this morning, folks. So you can drop an email right now. <coughs> Excuse me. Early morning. You can drop an email right now. You can call them this morning on your way to work. In the description are the three senators, Senator Hertel, Senator McDonald, Senator Kleinfeld. So those are the three senators. Emails and phone numbers are on there. So on your way to work, just call them and say, hey, look, we want religious freedoms or religious exemptions, a religious exemption, exemptions, excuse me, added to the Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act. OK, the amendment that they're doing. That's all you have to say. So we'll be the first state in the union to have zero religious exemptions. Think about that. My goodness gracious. This includes holding on to our biblical beliefs of marriage, religious education, tax exemption, LGBTQ being allowed to hold positions of authority in our religious institutions, etc. We are about to face persecution for our beliefs. We've been facing that for years now. It's real and it's coming. Perhaps we can hold the tidal wave back for a time by contacting our legislatures. So, we want them to add a religious protection to this amendment. That's what you say. So you email them and say, add a religious protection to the amendment for the Elliot Larson Civil Rights Act. That's all, folks. Remember, this is how we do this. We've done this time and time again, and that's how powerful we all are as a grassroots army, is to put pressure on these legislatures because the three here, they're in battleground districts, all right? So they're going to be hopefully thinking, hey, I got to make all my constituents happy. Um, so this is where we come in. So make sure that you're calling them and emailing them this morning. Again, it's in the description of this live, which brings me to the fight with the school boards. I'm going to highlight this one again from Chippewa Valley School District. Um, a mom slash nurse just hammered the school board. And again, I love sharing these videos because it allows other people and other school boards to understand and know how what they need to say to school boards, how they can attack this at a different angle. So it just gives everybody some more ammunition instead of just going there and reading from the books. OK, we've seen many, many videos of people just reading from the books. Obviously, um, that's not happening or it's not you know getting ground with a lot of school boards and some school boards it has. But if you're one of those parents that continues to just wonder why the heck aren't we getting any ground, I like to share these videos for you guys to get ideas on how to approach this with your school board to hopefully make them start to think. All right. And this mom slash nurse gives another angle that is just really, really great. So I'm going to share that right now for all of you to see. Um, before I start my comments, I just have a quick question. Um, you seem to want to evaluate the books now that we've told you that there's something 
terribly wrong with them. I'm wondering why don't you evaluate the books thoroughly before they get in the school? And it's like, it's like you're putting, there's, we're telling you there's poison in the food. And rather than just removing that food, you're saying, well, let's keep eating it until we have a committee or something. Just remove the poison. We told you it's poison. Okay. So anyway, good evening. I'm a registered nurse. I'm also a mother to four students in the district. It seems that the school board is determined to leave books in the library with explicit and disgusting sexual content, completely inappropriate for minors. Last week, uh, we had a parent read from a book that talked about, in explicit detail, the rape of a seven-year-old little girl by her father. We then had a board member go on to say that that would potentially be a helpful book to a student who maybe experienced sexual trauma like that. Um, either the board is ignorant or you're being lied to. As a medical professional, let me educate you on how to help a victim of sexual trauma. Psychology Today lists five research-based strategies to overcome sexual trauma. Psychotherapy, mindfulness, social support systems, self-care, self including eating properly, sleeping, exercise, and grounding strategies. In fact, it goes on to say, and I quote, when those who experience sexual abuse have reminders of the trauma, they experience disassociation or severe anxiety. So a book describing in detail a child rape would actually trigger anxiety and cause additional trauma to the poor child who had already gone through it. It will not help them. Chippewa Valley prides itself in how they protect students. Consider all the locked doors, the clear backpacks, and all the drills we have. You have a wonderful CTC program that encourages students to stay away from drugs and alcohol, to seek help for anxiety and depression and other mental health issues. Yet, when it comes to sexual and deviant content in your books, you seem dismissive, passive, maybe even encouraging of the students to consume this content. Society treats children under the age of 18 differently because we understand that they are still developing. They are not fully capable of understanding the consequences of their decisions. There are age limits to drinking, to driving, to gambling, to going to strip clubs. There are age uh, limits to sexual consent. Yet for some reason, you don't think that kids need protection from explicit sexual content in books. Studies show that repeated exposure to deviant sexual content desen desensitizes a child and things that seemed wrong become normalized. It slowly becomes normal at the age of 13 to be groomed by your older cousin to be involved in sexual activities with him because you've already read about it. That's just one example of the book that I submitted to be evaluated. It's a book called Not All Boys Are Blue, which incidentally was recommended reading in a post on Schoology by your librarian here at Chip. You're over your time limit now. And speaking of grooming, no. almost done, almost done. Let me remind you how you are creating a perfect sexual grooming environment right here in the school. Sexual grooming starts with a relationship of trust. I'm sure the students here trust their teachers, their librarians, and their counselors. Once that person has established trust, they isolate their victims, maybe share a confidence or secret with them, something that the board also seems to be particularly fond of hiding things from parents. Prior to the commission of sexual abuse, the groomer often shares, I'm almost done, sexual content with the minor to desensitize them. How convenient that you have plenty of material for the groomer right here in your libraries. Now, I believe that the large majority of staff at the schools are of standing. However, why would you permit an environment here in the schools where grooming could so easily happen? 
What a great uh, angle that she utilized. I, I didn't think about that one where if a child has experienced, you know, sexual trauma at a very young age, you're going to cause them more physical and mental trauma if they read that in a book because they're going to revisit in their mind. That is fantastic because you got to remember what the intent of what the school boards are saying. They're saying, hey, we're putting all these books in there to help the kids who have experienced a sexual trauma. Well, you're wrong because the medical research shows that if the child already suffered a significant trauma and they're trying to get over it and they relive it by reading these gosh darn books that you put in without parental consent, right, then you're going to cause that child more harm. It totally shoots down their narrative. So parents, utilize the information that this young woman, this mom, this nurse has given all of you for your school boards, because that is what we have to do as a movement, as a grassroots army, is continue to combat what I say, this hot garbage. So again, I'm going to end in the live. Again, we need your call to action to happen this morning, not this afternoon, not this evening, on your way to work, when you get to work. If you're just getting up, make sure that you're calling and emailing these three senators and just telling them. It's really simple, telling them to add religious protections to the amendment of the uh, Elliott Larson Civil Rights Act. All right. Your religious freedom is at stake. So make sure that you do that this morning. We will continue to take back lost ground and stand up against this hot garbage as a movement, as a grassroots army. Have a wonderful morning. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Hammer down. God bless you. God bless the state of Michigan and God bless these United States. I see you, Randy Guppy.